when you start making real money and you start needing more customized, more personalized help, that's where having a financial advisor comes into play because a, a robot can only, doesn't get to have those types of conversations with you. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals and we invite experts on to help us. And that is why I'm so excited Jamie Lee is here with us today because he is going to, he speaks to you, the emerging millionaire. I love that term, Jamie. He is the founder and president of Woodson Wealth Management. And what they do is they help you to juggle all the different options that you have for your, where to put your money so that where you're putting it is going to put you in the right place, right? You, like Jamie says, well, I'll let you say, Jamie, you might not be a billionaire today. Thanks so much for being with us today, Jamie. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me. So what's the end of that sentence? You might not be a millionaire today, but. The, uh, the, the, the line I always go back to, and I should trademark this. We, we, do have, we do have the emerging millionaire method trademark. Cool. So we're working on that, getting that. But um, the, the line I always use is you may not be a millionaire today, but if you do all the things that will help guide you and, and, and help you set goals with and so on, one of these days we'll get you there. Excellent. So you don't have to correct. live to be 147 or something like that to get there. No, no, no. <laughs> we can if we if we do some some very simple but very strategic and key things, you know, along the way, we'll, we we'll put you in a better position to do that. That's for sure. Okay, good. So, Jamie, you the one thing I didn't say in your introduction is that you this is a fee based service. So you know, like instinctively, I think, oh well you know, I'm trying to save money. Why would I want to pay for financial planner when all these other people are willing to do it for me for nothing, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody's doing anything for nothing, right? <laughs> I mean, unless we're, unless we're volunteering or, you know, working for a 10, you know, 1031, you know, a 501c3 organization or, or something. But um, I think there, everybody has an MO. <clears throat> as far as the term fee only goes, the, I think, it, you know, us as advisors, as fee-only advisors, we're, I guess, the, you know, in a lot of ways, the new wave of advisors that are, that are coming down uh, the pike here. And where the term fee-only comes in is really, we, we don't have to, we don't deal with commissions, there's no sales quotas, there's no product sales, we're totally product and solution and, and, and platform agnostic. So for those that are out there that are saying, well, you know, I'm hesitant to go you know, engage a financial planner because of all the fees, 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 fees. The reality is, is that there's literally only one fee that you pay to a fee-only advisor, and that's the fee that you pay for the advice. Takes That takes the, any kind of, um, even implicit bias, even a bias that you might not even be aware of, an unconscious bias toward a specific product, right? Because I'm a real estate agent and I noticed that most financial planners are never going to recommend that you put real estate into your portfolio, even though it can be a really great wealth strategy, right? Because they're not making any money from that. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I said, nobody's doing anything for free. So with, with a fee-only advisor, again, we're product and platform agnostic. So, uh, and I've, I've been a financial planner for 17 years now, and I've worked at a couple of big name firms. I, I now run, you know, Woodson Wealth Management, my own company. but um, the, even in my old life where I was working for these big name firms, you're playing in that firm's sandbox, so to speak, right? You, they want you to use their managed money solution. They want you to use their mutual funds. They want you to use their annuities or what have you, because it's all about fees, 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 money, money, money. Whereas if, you know, Chris, if you came to me and said, Hey, Jamie, you know, what, you know, I'm, I'm considering life insurance or I'm considering um, this type of solution for my financial life or so on. 
my job is really just to do, help you do the, you know, do the analysis on that to make sure it's viable for you. And it makes sense, you know, not only uh, to help you achieve the goals that you have, but also mathematically makes sense and then help you go out and get it. So there's a big, there's a big difference between how we operate versus some of the other, other firms. Yeah. So have you always been a financial planner? Has that always been your sort of your forte, your, your passion? It has. Um, and we talked, you know, before we jumped on, you know, and started to hit the record button that, you know, you're in Boston. I grew up in Rhode Island. Um, and and um, just a little bit about my background. I mean, we, I, I don't know what your, your your background is as far as, you know, how you grew up. But for me, we really never had any money. You know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in the tiniest little state, in, you know, in, in the union. Uh, and when when you're when you're young and you, you don't have a lot of money and your friends have all these you know, nice cars and nice clothes and all sort of stuff um you, you kind of tend to gra- you gravitate towards the thing that you don't have right so early on i knew i wanted to get into business in some some form of business and run my own business one day one day but i also had a passion for learning about investing and how to make you know take the little money that i did have when i was working i started working when i was 13 um taking that money and and, and making it grow and um I wasn't really able to start doing any of that until I you know, was closer to my, you know, 18, 19, 20, um, somewhere in that age range where I could start cutting my teeth and in investing, but I always had a passion for it. And that's what ultimately led me to, to, to this, to this role. Well, it's interesting, Jamie, because you obviously had some kind of an understanding about money because, you know, a lot of people in your situation, they wouldn't be thinking, oh, I want to invest my money. They'd be thinking, I want to save up for this hot car. Right. I mean, how did you, yeah. how do you think you got that? background it's a great that, question you yeah, know in- yeah it's a great yeah great question um i think when i again when i started working at 13 i had no clue right it was how can i buy more baseball cards or how can i buy you know more clothes for myself that's when baseball cards were a thing that's that you how old <laughs> I was. but um you know that but as i as i as i grew, grew older and i had my first real i think you know what i would consider like a serious job when i was probably 18 or 19, right after, right after high school. And so I was going to community college and I was working, working during the day. And, um, the gentleman that I worked for, he, he, he was, a, was a friend of mine, his father, you know, hired me to do, um, simply just started off with in a desktop publishing role. So I did some, cause I, I knew how to use computers as one of the only people in the, in the office at the time who knew how to use computers. And, um, but I would, he would take me along on like, you know, business meetings and different discussions that he'd be having. And, and it was awesome because he allowed me to join in even at a young age, you know, to see how the inner workings of a business. And, and I think that's kind of what it might've sparked it where like, we're going to take these investors money, so to speak, and we're going to grow it into something much bigger. And I think that if, if this is the first time I've actually really thought about where, where that spark came from. And I, and I would, I would think that's, that's probably what, but fuel the flames a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. So almost your own like rich dad, poor dad experience. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Yeah. That's cool. So, and now how long have you been out on your own doing your own thing? I've I launched my company about two years ago now. It's yeah, so, so funny. So many people have started their business during COVID. This is like, yeah, my timing just, was just impeccable. Before. Yeah. My timing was impeccable. You know, I, <laughs> I handed in my resignation letter, you know, February 28th of, of, of uh, 2020 and then, you know, six weeks later, you know, the, the pandemic hits and, um, but you know, I mean, that's, it, it is what it is, but I think what it did was launch us into a hundred percent virtual environment. And, and frankly, 
it, it's been it's been amazing for the growth of my organization because we can we work with people all over the country now versus having to you know having to keep it in our own backyard where we can drive to somebody's home or they can come to your office now everybody's so used to you know working in this environment it it just makes sense we have people i have clients in massachusetts rhode island virginia florida south carolina north carolina you name it yeah. uh and because of the environment we're in so i think it's been a blessing in some in many ways so what is your when you're searching for you're targeting your emerging millionaires is there sort of a um, what do you call it? Like an avatar that you are a person who you're like, this is my, these are my ideal clients. These are the people who I ideally want to work with. I think so. Um, I, I think the, uh, uh, answer that question two ways. The first way is yeah, the, the, the client avatar is those, that, those that are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year that have, um, some level of wealth saved for themselves and, and which would allow us to be able to, to you know, help them you know, make better investments and so on. And uh, mid-career professionals, you know, those that are, you know, probably called, you know, five to 10 years into their career, now starting to make, you know, a, a lot, you know, I was, should say a lot of money, but a reasonable amount of money, where they're getting to the point where they're like, okay, at the end of the year, now I'm starting to have tax issues. I'm starting to have, um, think about other, making other investments, like, you know, leveraging a realtor for, for real estate investment, um, maybe upgrading their home, uh, putting little Johnny, little Susie through college, um, and then also managing things like workplace benefits in, you know, stock plans and, you know, employee stock purchase plans and, and managing things like RSUs and, and um, incentive stock options, and those types of things, because they can get really complex. So, you know, I, I say, you know, about five years into their career, because that's what I tend to find is that, you know, the first couple of years, you're still building your career and growing and learning the ropes and so on. And then you start to get to like five, year five and year 10. You're like, wow, I, I kind of have this now. And now there are promotions and other incentives that are coming your way that, you know, put people in a position where they're like, okay, now I'm making some real money. I should probably get some help with it. Yeah. Yeah. But the, to, to the, the second component of that is the way that we've designed our fee structure and the setup that we have in the process we take clients through we also wanted to make sure that we never priced anyone out. So we do work with some people that are literally just starting off. You know, I have a, I have a good friend of mine who I'm actually working with his daughter. I can't believe I'm going to say this. His daughter's <laughs> 26 years old. Um, uh, she, she was adopted, but so that's, you know, so I don't feel so old when I say that, but um, <laughs> so, we're, we're, you know, she's, we're, she has, you know, just starting off and learning the ropes and how to invest in her 401k and what contribution rates to make and what um, medical plan to choose and is it HSA versus FSA in the plan and so on. And we're so, we're help even though she doesn't have, you know, a million dollars for us to, to, to bring to the firm and then invest you know, in, in a traditional sense, we can still work with people like that because they simply pay us a fee for the advice that we provide, you know, whether on an hourly or, or subscription basis every month. And, um, they don't have to have a million dollars in the brokerage account to work with us. So, you know, the, our avatar might be a little bit different than <clears throat> some of the larger firms that are out there. And, and I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. So, well, like you say, because you're not, you're not making a percentage of their assets on deposit or something, right? So it doesn't matter to you how much they have in the bank, just that, that they, there's enough to give you some flexibility, right? Absolutely. Give you as options. long as they, and the reason why I say those making over a hundred thousand dollars is because I, you know, we, we do have, 
you know, we, we have an hourly engagement that we can that some some people have engaged us with. But for the for those that do have an on want to have an ongoing relationship with us, we do have um, it, it comes out to being you know three to four thousand dollars a year as far as what the the costs go, and we don't want to be a burden to anyone's budget. Right. So, so we don't want, we don't want to price anybody out, but we also don't want to, you know, make their, make their lives worse by working with us from a fine, from a, from a monetary perspective. Right. So, you know, we have to make sure that, and plus we we're, we're a very small firm. Um, it's just myself and my relationship manager that right now, and I'll only work with about 75 clients versus when I was at my, you know, the bigger name firms I was working at previously, one of which, if I said, you absolutely know, uh, being there in Boston, um, I had 450 clients I was working with. Now I'm only going to work with about 75. So it's much more intimate setting. We get to know our clients at a deeper level. And uh, so we, we have to have minimums in place because we still have to run a for-profit business, but at the same time, you know, we, we want to make sure that it's, it, there's a, a level of value there for the client as well. But I would think even with just a, just a consultation, right? Even just coming in and talking to you once a year or something like that, that there's still a lot that can be gained from that because you're getting some direction. You know, before, before we went on, you were talking about all the different options for your 401k, for your, you know, your work sponsored retirement plan, all the different places you can put that money. And I actually read a study where if they just like people just pick the first one or the one that they recognize, right? They don't have any idea who wants to sit there and research 25 different plans. Not me, you know, sure. like, yeah, whatever, just mm -hmm. put me in whatever everybody else is in, you know, but if people actually actively took the time to do that and figure it out, how much more money they would have had at retirement. So how do you kind of help them, you know, crawl through all that mess? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the one thing that we do with everybody that we work with is we do develop a financial plan for them. So because in a lot of ways, the, the financial plan is the recipe that bakes the cake. Right. So so we want to we want to make sure that we we know, where, you know, where they are today, where they're headed, you know, give them some guidance as far as what what uh, what, what changes or, or priorities they should have in place and so on. And then, and then once we have that in place, then then it's it's much simpler to make recommendations for the for the portfolio, and and that includes things like workplace benefits and so on. So once we've taken them through that process, which we do over a series of you know about a couple meetings, then we can say, okay, here here are the recommendations for the portfolio at you know that you have at your at you know company X Y Z. This is what we think you should be investing in there, and because but then we can go back to the plan and say, and this is why. It's less of a I don't know. Shotgun approach is not the right word, but um, the more of like a, kind of willy doing about it willy nilly, right? And like you said, that's what most people do is they either go with their default investment strategy in the plan. Most people don't even don't know whether or not they have think whether they're in the traditional investment in the four uh, traditional four hundred one k or a Roth four hundred one k. We can help them navigate all those things. The first thing we have to do though is 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 build a plan. So we make we we give the proper advice. And I know that things like, um, you know, I was talking to somebody else about, you know, saving for your kid's college fund versus putting money into your retirement. I mean, what do you think about, I, and people think, oh, I got to get send my kids to college, but then all of a sudden the kids are out of college and they're like, oh, uh, now what? We don't have any money. <laughs> happens all the time. Happens all the time. And that's exactly the, the demographic we work with, the, the, the target client we work with is in that, that, that situation all the time competing priorities. So what we have to do 
is, and that's we're going back to the plan and with, with the financial planning software we use, we can literally show them, okay, if you take all this money and you put it in little Johnny, little Susie's college plan versus your retirement plan, this is the outcome. Are you okay with that? And if they're okay with it, then let's do it. If they're not, then we have to make some adjustments accordingly. The one thing I would encourage your listeners to, to, to consider in that realm is it may feel good now putting little Johnny and little Susie through college, but how, how is it going to feel when you're sleeping on their couch at the age of 85? Because you ran out of money. Yeah, it, it, it happens all the time. You know, there are boomerang children. There's also such thing as boomerang parents. Yeah. And it happens and it happens all the time. So you, you have to balance all those things out. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to be, I mean, I don't have kids, but I wouldn't want to be sleeping on their couch when I, in my retirement, that's for sure. No, no, I want to, I, I, I have, my wife and I have five kids between the two of us and they're all, um, they're all teenagers now, except for my, my youngest who will be 10 this summer, but love them to death. But I don't want to spend every waking minute with them, especially when I'm in, in retirement. Right. So you have to balance all those things out. I mean, I would think a, a key to like a successful retirement is if you could know how long you're going to live, right? I mean, that's such a big variable. Bingo. Yeah. My job would be so easy if I knew, <laughs> if I knew, if I knew, if I knew when every one of my clients was going to die. My job would be, you know, so much easier, but we have no idea. <laughs> we plan for... When we, when we run financial plans, we, we do, you know, for, for a married couple, just to give an example, as far as a married couple goes, husband, traditional husband and wife scenario, uh, we plan to the age of 94 and 92 for each of them, because there's a, 90, there's a 25% chance that a married couple, you know, there's a 25% chance that the, someone in that married couple will live to age of 93. Usually it's, it's, it's the, the wife, the, the wife, you know, but yeah. So that, that's, that's reasonable. My, my aunt lived to 105. So that's my number, <laughs> but right. That's what actuarial tables go. Actuarial tables go out to 105. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, well, I think that's part of the thing, right? They, they, do, do they factor in like your family? <laughs> and that's where, you know, um, I think <clears throat> you've heard of these robo advisory firms that are out there, the, you know, Fidelity Go and Schwab's intelligent portfolio and all these things. It's great to work, you know, especially if you're just starting off and you're in, you want to look for the easiest, the cheapest way to have, uh, you know, get a prof- professionals to manage your money. But when you start making real money and you start needing more customized, more personalized help, that's where having a financial advisor comes into play because a, a robot can only, doesn't get to have those types of conversations with you to learn that, okay, Chris, we need to make sure we're planning out well beyond the age of 100 for your retirement because of, because of your aunt, we have the, the a robots never going to pick that up. Right. Yeah. And that's what they should ask you. How long will you live? That should be one of the questions. On the thing. How long do you plan? Absolutely. To but so what other things are unique? Do you think kind of set your firm apart sort of make you a little bit unique? Um, I, I think <clears throat> the, we, we talked a little bit about the fee structure the fee structure is a little bit different. Uh, very few firms actually do hourly engagements. So we do hourly engagements with, with some folks. We, we have set up what we call a subscription service, which mean, uh, is uh, for financial planning or financial planning and investment management. We, we can do a sort of, uh, kind of an ongoing engagement. Every, all of our engagements are, are, are long-term and, and ongoing, but rather than say, well, you know, it's going to cost you $4,000 for us to build the plan like some firms do, 
we say, you know what, let's forget that. Let's who's going to come out of pocket $4,000 right now to, to build a financial plan when you don't even really know if there's any real value in the relationship. So our thought process is we want to earn that relationship and earn that value over time. And we don't want to gouge anybody either. And, and, and I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier or not, but I'll, I'll say it again. Our mandate is we want to grow with you, not from you. So, so we, we charge a small amount upfront just to get the ball rolling, so to speak, and, and compensate us for the time that we spend, you know, the, the hours and hours we spend meeting with clients and building their financial plans and so on. And then we simply charge a subscription fee every month, you know, a couple hundred bucks, whatever it is, depending on the client's situation. And just like any other, any other subscription that they have, we, we um, you know, they pay us monthly for it. And that could be a year-long engagement. It could be a five-year-long engagement. It's really dependent on the client. They control, they control all that. So it helps. I think it's a little more palatable to the budget. Uh, but unlike other subscriptions like Netflix and everything else, the, I think the value is exponential yeah. versus what they're getting in, you know, their off their cell phone bill subscription or whatever. But uh, that's so that's that's a key differentiator. We are certified financial planners. So anybody, myself, um, um, and then anybody that we continue to bring to the firm, which um, we have, we're in talks with bringing, you know, with, with a couple different advisors um, that will allow us to continue to, you know, me to continue to grow and scale the business because right now it's just myself and our relationship manager. But um, the plan is once I get to roughly, you know, 50, 60 clients or so, which I'll, I'll be there um, by the end of the year, if not sooner, then it's a matter of just bringing on, you know, other advisors to continue to grow. We never want anyone to have less, more than seventy-five clients that they're responsible for. Yeah. So everybody that we bring to the firm will have that. Um, we'll continue to grow and scale that by bringing more advisors on, not by giving the advisors that we have more clients. Yeah, which is what other firms do. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'm trying to think if there's anything um, um, really different. Oh, I mean, I, I, at at the end of the day. The, the other thing is, is that, you know, I, and I tell this to all of our prospective clients, we don't do 800 numbers here. All of our clients have access to our cell phone. They can call us, they can text us, they can send me pictures of their grandkids. I don't care, but we don't, we don't ever want anybody to feel like there's, you know, um, a call center in between us and their ability to get, get the help they need. So that's, I think a big differentiator between us and, and other firms. Yeah, just being able to pick up the phone and not get a recording is like, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, clients call me and text me all the time. You know, and it's it, it it actually works out better for me because I don't necessarily have to be sitting in front of my, you know, my in front of my laptop or anything. If if I want to take off a little bit early on a Friday, I can go off and and do my thing, and I can still be present for my clients when they need something. Yeah, that's what I love about real estate too. It's just like you know, yeah, I can absolutely. be answering their questions from the beach somewhere. It doesn't matter as long as I'm absolutely. available. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So what are some things that people that make a big difference for people? Like if you make this decision early on that it can really just have, you know, with the time value of money and you know, exponential mm -hmm. sorts of sorts of returns or differences. I, I think the number one thing that we're talking with, with all of our clients about this right now is, is you leveraging Roth individual retirement accounts or Roth 401k plan, uh, uh, K's within their plan versus traditional individual retirement accounts and traditional 401ks. Like we said, you know, so many times in our short conversation here, most people get into September, October, open enrollment period. They go, well, I'm going to put 5% away or 6% away into my 401k. They hit the submit button and they call it a day. They've never, they don't look and see, is that going into my traditional 401k? Is it going to my Roth? And it can have a huge, huge difference in your ability to 
live the lifestyle that you want in retirement. And maybe some of your listeners right now are like, well, retirement so far off, what does it make a difference? Well, raise your hand if you think taxes are going down, <laughs> is what I would say. So if they understand the nuances of how Roth retirement accounts were in versus traditional retirement accounts work, they'll recognize that once they get you know beyond the age of 59 and a half right now, and, and they can start taking money out of their retirement accounts, it's, it's going to make a big difference in their, in their lifestyle, I think, because, you know, the, I work for a very large company that runs pretty much every 401k plan in the, in the, in the country. And I used to laugh because, you know, you'd have these, you know, people that come in and go, well, I have two, $3 million in my 401k. I'm like, okay, that's, that's great, Mr. Client. But if you have $3 million in your 401k, you really only have two because the, the IRS has taken a third of it. So if you had $3 million in a Roth, you've got you know, $3 million in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. And I think the, the other thing that I would say is when we manage portfolios for clients, we are managing taxes throughout the year in, in not in the retirement accounts so much because you don't have to worry about that until, you know, you start taking money out, but in your brokerage accounts, the, the, the after-tax money, the money that you're, you're investing, you know, maybe for, you know, to purchase a home in five years or what have you, those types of brokerage accounts, what a lot of what a lot of firms will do is they you know they just let the portfolio do its thing through the course of the year, and they'll look at you know every December they'll go in you know maybe one time one time a year they'll go into the portfolio and go okay well what can we sell to harvest some losses to offset any of the gains that we have well December is not always the best time to do that right. it could have been in July doing and, it. <laughs> yeah. and it's it's a lot there's a lot of window dressing there's a lot of volatility you, you never know what's going to happen in December. So we will manage the taxes in the portfolios throughout the course of the year, not just one time a year. And I think that's a big differentiator too, because every year is different. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more because I, I, I realize that I, I understand a lot about, you know, the different types of IRAs and stuff, but maybe other people don't. Can you just explain the advantage of a Roth compared to a traditional IRA? Sure. Absolutely. So with a the traditional individual retirement account or 401k, I'm just going to say IRA because it's, yeah, it's kind of an IRA, an IRA. Um, so a traditional IRA, you get a tax benefit today and the money that you have in there will grow tax deferred, meaning that if you buy something you know, low and you sell something, sell high and you have capital gains in that account, the, uh, the capital gains are not, you don't pay taxes at that point. You only pay taxes later on over, after the age of 59 and a half when you take distributions out, you pay whatever your ordinary income tax rates are at that point. A Roth is a complete opposite. So you don't get a tax benefit today. Money goes in, you don't get a tax benefit today, but the money still grows tax deferred. So anything you purchase within that account is gonna, you're gonna have tax benefits along the way. And when you take the money out at the age of 59 and a half or beyond, you're, um, it comes out tax-free. So, and the beauty of, and another key differentiate the difference between the two is with a traditional IRA at the age of 72, the IRS will tell you, Chris, you now have to take required minimum distributions out of this account because we've let you defer these taxes for all these years. And we gave you a tax benefit 20 years ago. Guess what? The tax man cometh. <laughs> so now we now you have to, you know, and, and it's a small percentage to start and then it grows over time. And it's based on how old you are and, and your you know, your actuarial table age. There's a there's a table they use. And but every year that number grows. 
So the first year you might have to take out $10,000, next year it might be 15, then 20, then 26, and then so on, and it'll continue to grow. With a Roth IRA, there are no required minimum distributions either. So what I like to see happen when we start, obviously the demographic we work with now are very you know, relatively young, but we do work with some, some people that are you know, heading on into retirement or already in retirement. And what we wanna see when we're planning for retirement for these folks is we, we wanna diversify their sources of income that they're gonna be able to take over in their retirement. So we have money, some money in traditional accounts. We have some money in Roth accounts. We have money in their brokerage accounts and so on. And that allows them to, they get into retirement, they can let the dust settle and, and put, you know, put their working years behind them. And then the first couple of years, we can say, okay, well, what does your tax situation look like? If you need X dollars a year, where's the best place to take it from? Should we take a little bit from the brokerage account and then the Roth? Or should we, maybe this is a year where you have very low taxes and we'll take it from the traditional account and pay taxes at a very low rate. And then we'll you know, kind of wash, rinse, repeat for the following year. Because that's the theory behind the traditional IRA, right? That when you're working, you're in a higher tax bracket. And then when you're retired, you're in a lower bracket. But if you start Correct. investing young, that isn't even necessarily the case. Exactly. Not to mention, we're not in the, you know, regardless of whatever anybody's political affiliations, the reality is, is we just over the course of the last year and a half, two years, created $3 trillion worth of stimulus. Who is going to pay for that? <laughs> it's me and my kids and probably my grandkids. So we are in the very low tax brackets right now, relatively speaking. If you go back historically and you look at where the tax brackets were, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we could be headed there again. So having money in, in, in different buckets, so to speak, and I know, um, you know, who is it? Uh, Ray Lucia, have you ever heard of this Ray Lucia guy? I don't know. He's, he's barred from the industry now, but um, Ray Lucia came up with this strategy. Maybe it was only, it was a, he was on a radio station here in San Diego years ago, uh, but he always came up with this thing called the buckets of money strategy. And I'm like, dude, that is financial planning 101, first <laughs> off. Um, so, but the, yeah, it's, it's like, and he made gobs and gobs of money and then ended up, you know, getting disbarred or whatever. But um <laughs> He, you know, that's, that's ultimately what you want to do is you want to have different buckets of money, so to speak, and every bucket does, has a different job. And then you have some many more, much more flexibility in retirement and, and you can manage taxes that way. <clears throat> so how young is too young to start thinking about your retirement? I, this is the true story. Our, my stepson, Brandon, um, he, he just turned, he's going to be 19 here pretty soon, but the day he turned 18, and we, we set up his Roth account for him. That was our gift, our gift to him. And we're going to do that for everybody. Yeah. And I think that every parent out there should consider doing something that's something similar. You, obviously with Roth accounts, you have to have, the child has to have earned income you know, to be able to make a contribution, you know, for him or herself. But, uh, and he has a job and he's, you know, going to college and everything else. So um, I, I don't think it's, it's ever too young, frankly. Even companies like Fidelity Investments have, have Roth for kid accounts where parents can contribute to Roth accounts early, early on. Yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't think it's ever too early. Because yeah. the magic of compounding interest, right? <laughs> Bingo. And, and you, I'm sure you've seen a study and I'm, I'm sure um, many of your listeners have heard, have heard of this too, where, uh, and I, I can't remember all the details of it, but I, I, there was a study that was done that said, you know, if you, if you started at the age of 20 
if you start at the age of 20 and you invest to the age of 30 and stopped, you'd have more money than if you started at the age of 30 and continued all the way to retirement, yeah. just from the benefits of compounding. Yeah. So the earlier, obviously the earlier, the better. Yeah. And you obviously don't want to stop investing. Yeah. But <laughs> I think, um, you know, from a mathematical perspective, it's just amazing how compounding works. Yeah, it really is magic. That's Warren Buffett said that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so what other things should we know? And what other, like a well-educated financial person, like what do you want your clients to know at the end of like your first session? What kinds of things do you want to make sure they get? Great question. I think they, the, the, what I really want them to get in, you know, our, our first couple of sessions, I want them to get the, well, first I want them to get the sense that there's some value in these conversations and, and there's, there's a plan in place and, and they know where they're going. But what we, if you look at any of the social media that we we do and, and a lot of like the videos we put out on YouTube and Instagram and so on and so forth, it's not really about this investment versus that investment or uh, this insurance policy versus this insurance. Like, like every talking head financial planner is talking about those types of things. What I try to do, and maybe this goes back to, you know, I wasn't a great athlete, but I did play sports growing up and, and that athlete's mentality. And, 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 and the biggest thing we, we want to focus on is setting goals. So, and, and we follow what's called a smart framework of, of setting goals and, we, so we want to make sure that the goals that we set for our clients and, and, and they participate in this, this is, you know, it's a, it's a back and forth ping pong session that we do with, with, in our initial meetings is okay. We, what are our initial goals? What is it we want to work on first? Okay. And then we have to make sure they're smart. So are they specific? Are they measurable? Are they aligned? Are they realistic? And are they time bound? So maybe it's um, we want to buy a house in Florida in 2040. Great. Okay. So what size is the house? How much is it going to cost? Let's get super, super specific. How can we measure our progress towards it? Right? Are our goals aligned? Because you should, how many times I've gotten into a conversation with, you know, um, partners and, and husbands and wives and what have you. And, you know, in client A, their goals are different than client B. Yep. So we have, that's where like, if they're not aligned, we might as well not even have this conversation because the goal is probably never going to come to fruition. Yeah. Once we get the alignment, then we make sure that they're realistic. Can we actually do this mathematically speaking? And then tell me again what the time time constraints are. What do we need to have saved by this time next year, five years, 10 years, and whatever? And then I think we don't walk everybody through that exercise because sometimes they come to us and like, this is exactly what we want to work on. This is the thing that we're doing today, but not everybody has that. You know, they, they may have 10 different priorities and we have to help them prioritize and then work on one thing at a time. But um, that's that, that's the one thing I've, I want them, you know, our clients, your listeners, you know, our, our social media followers and so on to, to get is that we can accomplish anything so long as we follow a specific framework. Together. And that's smart because it's often very abstract for people to just think about saving money, right? You, you to save for something or to understand how your lifestyle is going to look when you have this goal accomplished is so much more powerful than just, you know, dropping pennies in the pen, you know, in the penny jar. And you just like, okay, that's gone. You know, <laughs> that wasn't that much fun after the 50th time, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. So how about this? I know you have five children, so you perhaps can speak to this, like a way to get 
kids excited about the concept of saving, yeah, and, think- you know, and not just like immediate gratification. Do you do any Absolutely. exercises with your yeah. kids? Yeah, we, we, I mean, we started all the retirement accounts, you know, well, in, in my, my next is my, my step, my, my daughter, Madison, well, she, she just turned 18. So we need to get her, her squared away, but um, it, it, we're going to go through the same exercise with everybody, everyone. And we're basically it's, it's, we just set up a systematic savings plan for them where we, they know every month or every quarter, they have to give me because I'm kind of quarterbacking all of this. They have to give me a certain dollar amount based on how much they earned over the over that month because they don't have access to 401ks. They're just working right, at right. you know fast food jobs <laughs> and um, Jenna's at um, Hollister and the you know, so they don't have 401k access to 401ks. But I want to get them conceptually saying, okay, if I put away 10% every month, you know, and then not only that, but do the math. Right. Like if I earned six hundred dollars this month, what's 10 percent of that, you know, and, and and get them thinking about how much it, where every dollar is going to go. And so that's that's what we've done. And I think setting up the other thing I, I really like to do with, with younger, younger folks, um, not just my kids, but, you know, the, the younger clients that we work with is setting up specific accounts for specific goals, mm-hmm. compartmentalizing the assets. And when when they do that. Where I think everybody should have an emergency fund. Everybody should have you know six to twelve months worth of cash in an emergency fund to cover expenses in case something happens. But above and beyond that, where maybe it's a home purchase or maybe it's a car purchase, whatever it is, it's so simple to set up these savings accounts online now, where you can go find an online bank, you know, an Ally Bank or uh, I don't know if ING even exists anymore, but you know those American Express or what have you. You can set up one account. You can set up ten accounts. They don't care. And you can yeah, name right. them. No, you can name like them. This is my, account. <laughs> yeah, this is our this is our car fund. This is our vacation fund. Whatever it is, and then I think just going through that exercise of labeling it, giving that those dollars a job, goes a long way in helping people save for the goals that they have. Because it's not just thrown into one gigantic pot, and they're like, "Well, we have ten, fifteen thousand dollars in this emergency reserve, but if we took two thousand of it to go." I don't know, go away this weekend and go to Vegas or whatever. Is it really going to hurt us? But when you see it in the account, you can see, wow, if I take $2,000 out of my car fund, I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to drive this. Uh, I don't know. I had a 1984 Chevy Cavalier with four mismatched tires as my first car. So <laughs> we're going to have to, yeah, I did not want to drive that one second longer. So that would have impacted me then right. and said, okay, I'm not going to spend this money. I'm going to get, you know. Right. That's going to come out of my car fund. And that's going to come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's a good idea too, because you've got the, you know, the latte factor too, you know, like, oh, especially I think when people don't already have some money put away. It's just like, well, you know, we're already in debt. What's another, you know, we might as well take the weekend and go to Florida because, you know, we're already like $20,000 in debt. What's the point? What difference is it going to make if we take 2000 more and just go on this vacation, right? Exactly. Excellent. And then you start Excellent advice. It takes a long time to unbury yourself. Yeah, it's really tough. It can be really tough for young people getting started, especially with student loan debt and all that stuff. Absolutely. So thank you, Jamie, so much. So what... What is that that I didn't ask you that you wish I would have asked you? Well, that's a great question. I always end interviews with the same similar question. Like, what, what did I ask that I that I, I did not ask? Um, I think, um, well, maybe, I, I don't know, you know, if it'd be helpful for your listeners to, to learn where they could, you know, visit our website and, and you know, to contact me if they do have follow-up questions, I'm happy to do so. 
Um, so, so our website is Woodson, which is uh, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-W-M.com. So WoodsonWM.com. It's our website and with a little bit of a revamp there. So it'll be nice and fresh in the next uh, month or so. But um, again, I, 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 people can reach out to me directly if they have questions. They can call me. They can text me. My direct, my cell phone number is 858-923-4500, 858-923-4500. It's kind of like Gary V giving out a cell phone number. Did he do that one time? But uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to get as many calls. Maybe get as many calls as Gary V got. <laughs> Maybe I will. That'd be awesome. Um, but but really, I, I, I share it because um, I'm just here to help at the end of the day and, and, and do what we can to put people on firmer financial footing and, and, um, and, and make better investment decisions. And if we can help, you know, have a small impact in people's lives doing that, I think it's, uh, it's a, it's a pretty big deal for me. Awesome. Jamie, that's, that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I was going to ask how people could get in touch with you, but if you're an emerging millionaire or you'd even like to be an emerging millionaire, then you have to call Jamie because you can tell he's going to give you that white glove hand, you know, hands-on like perfect, loving care, right? That, that you're not going to get at a big firm. That's the biggest difference, you know, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of imagination and I don't know everything. So, but I, I think I've, I've been doing this long enough where if somebody brings something to me and you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really know about that. That was a CFP exam question 10 years ago. <laughs> um, I, I can certainly uh, find the resource to help get the answers that people need. So awesome. have, happy to help wherever I can. Thanks, Jamie. And thank you, listener, for listening. I know you got a lot of benefit from Jamie, but don't keep it to yourself. Share with a friend, forward this message, this um, podcast to them so that they can also get prepared to have their revealed inner millionaire, emerging millionaire to, uh, to start getting on their firm footing. And be sure to be with us next week. Have a good one. 